Tanzen Samba mit Schlocki. Tanzen Samba die ganze Nacht. Tanzen Samba mit Schlotti, bis der Yusuf wieder lacht. Guten Abend and welcome to RBLE Global Tracks, which is Leipzig's very first RB Leipzig podcast in English. It is brought to you by Richard and Mario, and amongst us we are season ticket holders, passionate supporters, and not very neutral local pundits. Both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood days, so if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, capture the mood of the fans in the city, and if you want to go beyond statistics and numbers, you are in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board, so Auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. Guten Abend, Richard. How the devil are you? Good evening, Mario. Thank you, as always. I'm fine. Let's go. Brilliant. I must say, I feel quite well after Saturday night's game and the fact that the uh, Red Bulls of Leipzig have come away from Dortmund with a bit of honey from the bumblebees. And everybody knows bumblebees do not produce large amounts of honey. So it was quite an accomplishment. And I always ta also take my hats off to those 2,000, almost 2,500 Leipzig supporters who travel out to Dortmund. What do you say from here? It's about six, seven hours drive probably by car to the western part of Germany. And a lot of people said, uh, especially of those supporters who don't really like RB Leipzig, they do claim that this was a small number of tourists from Leipzig going to Dortmund. And originally, I think Leipzig could have uh, bought uh, about 8,000 tickets if there was so much interest. And Richard, I understand there was a time when there were actually 8,000 Leipzigers traveling out to Dortmund. But that is quite a while back. And can you enlighten us why this might have not been the case last Saturday? Yeah, in my opinion, it's clearly um, because of those circumstances and events that uh, was going on back in 2017 when we first traveled to Dortmund. Because back those days, and uh, in fact, were 8,000 supporters from Leipzig on their way to Dortmund, but they... Hmm, there wasn't everything else than a warm welcome. Uh, stones were thrown at, uh, from the, the Dortmund um, side to the Leipzig um, people. And amongst those were even kids and, 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 and uh, families and women. And well, um, it, it, that doesn't mean it's, it's okay to throw stones or something else on men, okay? Um, and there was horrible events in those days. Um, and since that, we never reached that 8,000 again. And I think this is one reason. And another one, I think, okay, so we are, we are still in Eastern Germany. And you don't might know this uh, around the world, but the wages that are paid here um, for, for jobs are still lower than compared to the same uh, jobs in Western Germany. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a question, uh, how much can you afford? Um, can you afford it to travel to the city every two weeks and three at least three times uh, through Europe? 
and um, adding the home games as well. And if you and I, and I think lots of um, supporters from Leipzig are uh, involved with uh, family affairs, which which is cool. It's a great thing, and and I liked it. I mean, when I visit our stadium, and I like to see those many women and kids and and families uh, attending our games. Um, but those fathers and and, and mothers have their duties on, on, on the weekends and want to spare time with their with their loved ones. And you have to dis decide: okay, will I invest my 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 money in um, in driving around the whole weekend to to visit an away game mm -hmm. and spend spend the money on that, or save it and for my family and maybe for the next family holiday? So, yeah, I think in my opinion those are reasons that lead to not that great numbers of away supporters we always bring to different stadiums i still think it was was really a good number and the uh, block of the away supporters looked crowded and filled very well it's just it was just the lower tier and the upper tier which might have been reserved for for leipzig supporters as well they were taken up by uh, local bumblebee enthusiasts And you could also hear Leipzig supporters quite quite uh, loudly as well in, in some scenes. Okay, but today we're going to talk about our key takeaways from the uh, Dortmund-Leipzig match. We also have some comments about some of the news that are floating around. And we have a preview of our next Champions League match, uh, which is different from almost all the others, versus Young Boys Bern. On Wednesday, um, Richard, in last episodes, when we talked about the upcoming clash with the bumblebees, as you called it, and they did look like the bumblebees, you had this thesis, how are there keys to win? And, and one of which was because Dortmund plays with a lot of uh, players, especially in the midfield, who are who think about offense first and defense second. Um, you were of the opinion that could create a lot of space through which we could play, especially through the center with a lot of pace and create chances. And I must admit, first time I thought of this, or it opened before my eyes, was the first break that RB Leipzig had in the 14th minute, which led to the uh, red card uh, when Appenda was, was all the way through, because there were only two touches, really. Uh, Schlager kind of conquered the ball just in front of our own box and uh, passed it on to a bender who was in the enemy's territory, so to speak, so in the, in the other half of Dortmund's half and then just took off and was stopped. So I must admit, in that scene, it worked really well. But I believe you also observed that there were a few more scenes where this tactic actually worked. Of course, uh, basically uh, those two other goals worked uh, nearly the same way. You know, this uh, this uh, two one, the, the scene that led to the goal um, was an attack r right up the middle. So Schlotterbeck came up and defended offensively, maybe a little bit too uh, uh, ambitious that time. So I don't, I think Baumgartner uh, recovered the ball, and then it was a fast break through the middle. So where Xavi finally um, was. Uh, was was denied in the first um, in the first attempt, but then he got back up and did a little nice step into the uh, penalty box area and it, it took a shot, which Kobel uh, wasn't uh, able to uh, put away, and so Baumgartner just had to put his foot in the right direction and he yeah, scored. And finally, 
the uh, 3-1 from, from Paulsen also came up, up the middle, so which was basically mm. the same. We uh, we covered the, we conquered the ball in our own half, and then Szczesko up the middle to Forsberg. Yeah, it was a bit similar to the goal we saw in the cup final. Kunku to Schoboslai uh, was, was nearly the same path um, where the pass was played, and boy, that was a nice effort from Paulsen, wasn't it? <laughs> it was beautiful. I mean, it is just just very interesting when you when you mentioned this this fast break uh, through the middle with Cheshko and it was slim shady Cheshko was just breaking through, passing to the left hand side to the King of North. Two more occasions to watch him at home, guys, uh, and who just passed the ball onto the other side to another King of the North, I suppose, to Yusuf Paulson, who showed off some Scandinavian dance moves. Uh, just a one-two out dancing, Mister Nico Schlotterbeck. I know Nico Schlotterbeck is your most favorite opponent player. It doesn't matter if he's based for Freiburg or Dortmund. I remember a certain scene during the Cup final, and uh, and pushed, put it past uh, Kova. And I must give a shout out to whoever you are, Lawnball VAR at Lawnball underscore VAR. You can find him on Twitter. He posted a video and it had, it must have now, zillion gazillions downloads or views already. He basically shows that fast break. And in the background, you can hear the music of Tanze Samba mit mir. That is a famous Schlager song back from the 70s. And he matched it quite well, aligned it with the moves of uh, Forsberg, because the one-two ref is reflected by um, the rhythm. Boom, boom. I We're going to place a link in our in our show notes. Do check it out. It is wonderful. And uh, it has provided me with a tune which I can't get out of my head anymore. I've forgotten about it for a lot of years, but it has returned. So thank you very much, Lombo VAR, for that, as we call it, Ohrwurm. Thanks a lot, mate. So I just like to point that out. But when we when we didn't, of course, when Paulson scored the three one, I in the in in a, a stoppage time, so it was ninety plus one. I was calm for a second because I thought, okay, yeah, we put the ball to bed. Wonderful, thank you very much. But then Nico Schlotterbeck took a corner kick, and Mister Lücke Füllkrug, he was there, and he does was Lücke Füllkrug does. He just scores. I must admit, it was great. And it seemed like the team lost control and everybody was wondering why did that happen? So when I watched back the press conference afterwards, there was uh, a Rose uh, of our gaffer coach, uh, Marco Rose uh, statement, uh, where he actually said, well, that was down to him because um, the team somehow had wonderful energy on Monday, Tuesday in a week where they didn't play in the middle of the week, and it seemed as if they needed a focus on a Wednesday match in order to be fresh on a Saturday. It seemed as if the training sessions were going on too long for too many days because you had a whole week where you can just have a lot of practice and training sessions. And for some reason, the uh, positive energy was lost and it seemed as if they were not as focused as they could have been had they played maybe on a Wednesday. That That's my interpretation. I thought it was a really honest statement from his side. But how did how do you interpret that? I mean, how, how can that happen? Because if you look at it, you think, okay, they have a whole week off now. They don't have the, as we call it, Englische Woche, any other games to worry about in the middle of the week. They should be fresh and they should be really up for it. So they were up for it, but uh, sometimes we lost the focus. So how could that happen with such a long break? 
Yeah, you you nailed it. It was a very honest statement from uh, Coach Rose, but I don't know what how that could happen because um, this this uh, this Wednesday no no game Wednesday doesn't come from anywhere and and um, since we uh, uh, went out in the cup uh, against Wolfsburg on Halloween night it was clear and obvious that this uh, week would have uh, uh, no game in the middle of the week so um, and uh, imagine March April May. Uh, we are usually out of the European Cup competitions, so this is um, the same situation where you don't have two games a week, so only one. And he has to handle that better. Okay, this is he's he's coached for a reason, and I do expect from him, and, and I think this is what everyone can expect that he's able to uh, um, create and um, um, the the week in, in a way that the um, the team is well focused on match day. So, but maybe you should ask uh, Thomas Tuchel. So Bayern uh, didn't play for 10 days and seems like they forgot everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of that and it was a lot worse for them. I mean, the team came back with a 3-2 win at Dortmund and that was that was beautiful. And that's, that's the feeling that prevails and we shouldn't forget that. Boy, Eintracht Frankfurt <laughs> just blown away Bayern Munich. And you know, last time that happened, they blew away 5-1 uh, Bayern Munich. Kovac had to go, the Bayern coach. So, <clears throat> Tuchel, I don't know what's going to happen, but hey, we're not going to start spreading any gossips here, any rumors. Yeah, okay. So I also thought that was an, an honest statement. I was just surprised um, about it, uh, pleasantly surprised. So really good, but still... At the end of the day, three really vital points in the race to the uh, US uh, Champions League qualification, especially with next year and that strange, um, strange way they're going to play. I think it's it's really important, and that's that. Which that's what we should remember. You know, we're in the top four again. It's just been fourteen match days. Still a long way to go. Four points clear of Dortmund, and that's a good way to to continue. Yeah, we are actually very happy bunnies over here. Um, something else took place over the weekend, which is something <clears throat> which uh, has never taken place before. Um, the Red Bull Arena was actually filled with Christmas carol singers for the first time. Just bear in mind, the uh, capacity of the uh, Red Bull Arena is about 44,000, 45,000 uh, spectators, or 47 even. And more than 20,000 people pitched up, uh, creating a wonderful atmosphere. Uh, for the first time ever. And I thought that was really brilliant because it is something different. It shows also that the club has kind of arrived um, in our region, in the city, and is accepted also for something else than just, just football. Different to the uh, people who do that, have been doing this for years in the Wuhlheide Köpenick uh, for Union Berlin, our spectators didn't take along their sofas. So... And I wouldn't want them to in the future either, to be honest. Let them do that in Berlin. That's fine. Another piece of news which opened up in the last couple of days, which is quite interesting, is that the German Football Association, GFL, is now opening the doors for one investor to invest into the league. Here's the information that I've got, Richard. Maybe we can, we can, we can compare that with what you heard. It has been talked about bit, uh, an, an amount between an investment of 900 million euros to a billion euros for a maximum share of 8% spread over several years. And there are a couple of red lines the investor cannot 
side about or talk about uh, kickoff times. And there seem to be some uh, private equity enterprises such as Blackstone, Advent, Advent, they seem to be interested. But it seems to me that <clears throat> 900 million is just a drop in the ocean when you compare that to what the uh, EPL generates. What do you think, Richard? Yeah, I'm not decided yet. To be honest, I do not um, have understand it fully right now. So, mm -hmm. what, I, what I've read it, so you said it, um, the the league, so the first and the second Bundesliga voted um, for the um, possibility that investors can be um, attached to, to the league. So, basically, the two CEOs from the DFL has now the the right to, to go and, and search someone who is willing to in, invest into the league. Um, but I, I read that this eight percent share is open for twenty years. So, Excuse me. Yeah, and, and I said, hey, this, 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 this cannot be true. Okay, this so is like, not attractive at all, is no, it? No, no, no. You can, you, you cannot you sell. Put, you wouldn't put your money into the Bundesliga. Your nine hundred million, would you? If, if if I if I could if I would have that amount of money, and I I could you would um, fly purchase, to Dortmund uh, <laughs> my private helicopter, um, exactly yeah or jet. Um, so if I if I would have that amount of money and I could purchase an an, an market share of eight percent for twenty years for one billion, okay, here we go. Uh, this is this is way too cheap if if you ask me. So mm. I thought it would be yeah. like uh, one one billion for like I don't know. Um, five or seven, maybe eight years, but 20 years? Are you kidding me? And so it seems to me that I do not have fully understand that right now. So um, we have to do, I have to do a little more investigation into that topic and maybe we well, can enlighten us ourselves and our listeners in, in another episode. I'm, I'm sure there's there are going to be more details coming to light in the next couple of weeks. It is a hot topic because it's a change of, of direction of travel the whole league and is a change of philosophy especially for those clubs who are more on the uh, traditional sides and uh, as i understand you needed two-thirds uh, of the clubs of the first and the second division to vote for it and they were they they narrowly did get the uh, necessary majority for it so it's it's something it's still something to watch okay so Let's move on to Wednesday's game, our last uh, Champions League game for this calendar year. And I must admit, it's a strange one, but there is some nice piece of news have have just emerged as well. And that is that former defender Marcel Halstenberg, Halster, will be there and he will get a send-off, uh, an official send-off in the Red Bull Arena. So I think this is really good setting, really good occasion, very respectful and I hope the uh, crowd, there will be a good-sized crowd there to give him a great thank, thank, uh, send-off and to, to show our appreciation because he was vital for many, many, many years. And it wouldn't hurt us if we still had him, to be honest. But if you think about, if you think about the upcoming match, both teams are qualified. One is uh, RB Leipzig, of course, has been qualified for a while now for the face uh, in the playoffs for the last 16. And uh, Young Boys Band, since the last time they played, are qualified for the Europa, for the Europa League. So at the end of the day, you could, you could, you would be forgiven to think, okay, this is just a, a friendly match. There's nothing to play for. In Germany, we say, well, you can play for the Golden Ananas. 
What do you think, Richard? How should RB Leipzig approach this game? Are we going to see rotation galore? Or am I right in thinking there is really nothing to play for? Yeah, you're right. There's nothing to play for. So uh, everything is set in Group G. Man City, of course, number one. We are in two, second place, you said it. And Red Star Belgrade is out. So there's nothing to, to win. But on the other hand, there's nothing to give away either. Okay? So there is still something to achieve club records wise so we we did achieve uh, 12 points two times before in the group stage in, in the champions league and so we can do this again with the win here and with a three goal margin or more we could even achieve the best goal differential in the ucl group stage we ever ever had so there's a possibility to go for the very first ucl group stage performance in club's history okay so mm -hmm. this is more than nothing and on the other hand Young boys never ever won an away game in the UCL group stage. Okay, mm -hmm. um, they they only won some away games in their qualifying rounds and in, in recent years, but never won an away game in a group stage. So this is something they're going to achieve here. And don't forget, if you win a game in the UCL group stage, you get two point eight million euros. Okay, this is an, an, a nice amount of money. Every club. Can, that needs that okay besides the Premier League clubs of course and <laughs> <laughs> but but you bear in mind we lost to Wolfsburg without the uh, Dave Pipokar mm -hmm. could come in handy though that mm, yeah. amount of money mm -hmm. yeah sure and um, and I think we the, the team will show um, that they are that they deserve to go for the knockout stage here and and, and don't let go anything here against Ben. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't expect um, our very best um, squad here. So um, Coach Rose already said it, that uh, Gulashi will get his appearance uh, finally in that game. And um, But on the other hand side, we don't need our very best uh, squad here because I I watched some I watched some tape um, and, and I look into the, the squad what Bern has and It was different when when I prepared myself for those Belgrade matches. It didn't took long. It didn't took long, and and uh, Bukhari catch my eye, and number four Ivanic catch my eye. You know, we we, we talked about those, and number fifteen, did, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dragovic, um, with his history by Leverkusen. There was obvious players that were outstanding in in that squad, and I watched tape from from BSC young boys now, and excuse me. This is no disrespect to their players, but there's literally no one that catch my eye. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe uh, number 15, it's uh, Meshak Elia at the squad, uh, the equalizer in, in our first leg. He's he's a, he's a, a speedster and and um, with a nice shot from 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 a distance. But on the other side, um, <laughs> I looked it up his numbers. He never scored double digits in in the four or five seasons he played in Super League. Okay, so he's a striker, right? And mm -hmm. he never he never never scored double digits. And but maybe we can keep an eye on number twenty seven. Number twenty seven is Levin Bloom, a young Swiss right back with a distinct offensive drive and a nice touch in his right foot. He had two assists recently in their last 3-0 home win against St. Gallen in the in the league. Um, so maybe we, yeah, if, if you're interested uh, in watching some young players with um, maybe upside potential, number 27 might be someone to keep an eye on. So, 
how can we win this game? But basically, stay concentrated and patient. Patience is key. This is not, not, nothing new. We, we talked about this in, in similar of, of those encounters before, but there's literally nothing new I can I can bring to light here. So mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. patient, be concentrated, and chances will come. So starting lineup. Yeah, that would be great to know. Starting yeah, lineup yeah. coming up now. Okay, here we go. Um, I said it already. Gulashi will be there between the goalposts. Um, I guess, or if I were the coach, uh, Penny Hendricks and Mo Shimankan would get a break because they already got two yellow cards. You know, you get one game suspension with three yellow cards. So I would, I would keep them out. So I would restructure our um, defense a little bit. So close them on on the right defensive side. Our very first um, match for Pichabu. And alongside mm-hmm. Luke Bar in our center back and Lenz coming in for David Raum. I think David Raum should get a break. Um, Schlag should get a break as well. So I would send out Kampel and Haidaria in defensive midfield. Xavi, I would give him a break too. So a little rest and force back for him instead. So his, his very last Champions League game. Okay. Given this, given a starting job, of course, alongside him, Baumgartner in the offensive midfield, and our strikers Paulsen and Openda. Paulsen is on fire. I would take take him over Shesko here, twenty four seven. Okay, interesting. That's really interesting. I one one. <laughs> I had one question. So, if Paulsen's on the pitch, is he going to be captain? No, Forsberg will be. Oh, so Paulsen's not going to score, is he? Because if he's not captain, he's not going to score, is he? what you said last time yeah really uh, but he wasn't kept in, 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 in Dortmund too so he proved <laughs> me wrong already he broke the spell I can't believe it and he showed up some Scandinavian dance moves okay I'm more optimistic now thank you <laughs> so what's your prediction in terms of score I expect our players go for the record books and will win this game 4-0 for the very first, very, no, excuse me, not very first, very best uh, UCL group stage performance in club's history. Well, sounds great. Team, uh, even the, the, the lineup that you've given is still great. I'm going to go with a 3-0 and that would be wonderful, but also be a clean sheet for Pete, probably in his last UCL game for, for Leipzig, maybe, I don't know. That is That is wonderful. Really looking forward to that. We're going to be out there. Hopefully it's going to be warmer than versus Heidenheim. <laughs> that was really cold, but I think it picked up a little bit. So today we covered uh, our encounter versus the Bumblebees. We had a bit of news. Um, Carol Singers in Leipzig. Also DFL opens up for an investor. And we had a look ahead at Wednesday's Champions League match versus Young Boys Band. Well, all we is left for us to say thank you for listening to us. We'd be delighted if you could just subscribe to uh, our RB Leipzig podcast and leave us a positive review. That would be much appreciated. You can also let us know your thoughts and suggestions to, uh, to improve the pod. If you want to get in touch with us, maybe even be part of the show in one of the episodes, uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are podcast underscore RBL, RBL in capital letters. And our email is talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com. So, Richard, thank you very much for this uh, another episode of RBLE Global Tracks. Have a nice evening and auf geht's.
Leipziger Jungs. Have a little dance with Schlotti. Have a dance all night long. Have a little dance with Schlotti. Until Yusuf scores along. 